Hey guys, it's Nathan. This is episode number 74 of The Nathan Seawood Show. The Nathan Seawood Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life. And welcome to the show and a very special welcome to my friend, Daniel. Daniel, welcome. <laughs> Nathan, it's good to be here, my man. I'm glad that we made this happen. We, uh, we had a little technical difficulty setting this up. <laughs> yeah, we're about half an hour late, so if you were kind of waiting to be uh, to watch this, then we apologize, but we made it here eventually. I was just saying to you, like, technology is simultaneously my greatest gift and my greatest curse. It allows me to travel the world and work from anywhere, and when it doesn't work, there's nothing more frustrating. Yes, and you feel like you're an idiot and doing something wrong. Like, I'm like the website. I feel that all the time. And I don't know what to, I've, all the right things are being clicked. All the <laughs> all the settings are appropriate for what we're trying to accomplish here. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Help. help. God That's help right. me is the response that I have at the end of it. <laughs> lucky lucky for backup laptops from 2014. I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for inviting Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, welcome. You're the first repeat offender on the show. Wow. So quite the honor. Okay. You're on the show, uh, what, like 18 months ago, probably? You were the first person to invite me onto a podcast to be interviewed in my career. So I have to imagine that was early on in your podcasting career. Um, yeah, it might have even been top 10, I think, first 10. I believe it was about two years ago, winter, spring of uh, of Crazy. 17. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And that was uh, one of the reasons I want you to come on the show is because since then, you have been on this roller coaster of a journey, both in life, both as an entrepreneur. And when we talked to you last time, it was primarily about nutrition, health, fitness, because that is one of your specialties, one of many. And at the time, you had been working with me to help me get on top of my health, nutrition, like work that I still refer back to today. And this time, I wanted to come at it at a bit of a different angle because we've been talking to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show lately. And just trying to get the experience of entrepreneurship, some of the, the truth behind entrepreneurship, because the Instagram version looks like laptops on the beach, pina coladas, <laughs> living the life. And oftentimes behind the scenes, if you want to be truly successful, it looks a little bit different. And I know mm. you've been very public about talking about your journey and that's why I wanted to bring you on. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. Again, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm more than happy to talk about my whole experience and to try to find some some takeaways alongside you that that might help anybody who's listening. I don't claim to be an, an expert by any stretch in how to do it the right way. I've been um you're I've in been, it though. That's what I like. I'm, you're in it. I'm, yeah, I'm in it. And the one thing that I will say is that I've been somebody who has been a practitioner of the work that he teaches and coaches and trains and also has been somebody who uses his life as a canvas to then draw from to do great work. So all that I've been learning along my entrepreneurial journey, I then soon thereafter use that to teach others who are like one or two steps behind me. And with that, we're totally in the right place because this past, <laughs> because 2018 was a whirlwind of experience for me. I went through more than I could have ever imagined, major highs, major lows, wins, losses, burnout, reclamation, team, partnership, blowing up, uh, coming back, like all of the above. It's, it was something else. Yeah. 
Well, so give us the, the, the rundown of your business, I guess. So give us the uh, just the facts about where you were two years ago when we first talked. You know, Evolution Eat had just been created. Yeah. And just give us like the, the basic facts of the journey so far. Cool. Yeah. Happy, ha- happy to. So for the past five years, I've been coaching people. And for the majority of those five years, I was primarily coaching people on their diet and their nutrition, their fitness, their lifestyle. I've always been obsessed with habit change and mindsets and how to design your life to have you be at your best, food and diet primarily being at the at the at the core of that. And then through that work, I ended up building Evolution Eat, EAT, Evolution Eat, uh, which has been my baby and has been through a lot of iterations, but by and large, was always just my, we'll call it personal brand in that it was a company, but it was really just me as the sole operator of the company. And then at around 2017, soon before you and I had our first podcast, was when I had the courage to start putting myself online. So I started blogging then, uh, getting featured on other online outlets. Yours was the beginning of, of doing a long string of podcasts. And then creating digital courses and email lists, putting out you know uh, a weekly or various points daily newsletter, et cetera, et cetera, doing the online entrepreneur thing. But like I said, it was primarily just me coaching people and then creating different programs with me at the head of it. For a long time, I was doing one-on-one work. As I started to get accustomed to the idea of scaling, uh, what that even means and how could I, how I could do that, I started creating group programs, group coaching programs. I had a digital course um, that was like a nice introduction to my methodology. And that has continued. And I can kind of dive into where we are today since it's changed pretty dramatically as far as our growth is concerned. But the one thing that I have been uh, attached to all along with that work was just that it goes way deeper than the food. Like what we're not is a typical diet company that gives you the outline or the structure or the information of what is and isn't healthy and then just like you know wishes you good luck and tells you what to do what what we are is a program and a a movement that's committed to your total transformation as a human being so we're really committed to your personal evolution as a person as a human being in this world and your relationship with food and health being at the core of how you show up for yourself and how you treat yourself, how you spend time with yourself, right? The way that most people eat, most people eat because for reasons other than that, they're hungry. They eat because they're emotional, because they're stressed, they're tired, they're bored, they're lonely, they don't know what to do with themselves, all this stuff, right? And that then we then form habits around these things. We form, we become dependent on uh, on food in a lot of ways, and it's pushed at us at all angles. So it's very easy to get addicted and stuck in this trap. So that's the context for the sort of work that we do. It, it, yeah. It's about helping people move beyond all of that old conditioning, beyond their emotional dependency on food in many ways, and then building new practices and habits with themselves that have them then not relying on food and actually going out and freeing themselves from that past, that conditioning, so that they can then really create or have the opportunity to start creating the life that they really care about, right? Like, they, like there are some amazing stories of our clients who have created businesses, 
divorced their their spouses, their from unhappy marriages, moved across the country, done all these incredible things after they started working on themselves, their health, and their relationship with food. Point. Right, it was the access point because they were they were playing a really small game when every time they felt sad or like, oh, maybe I should talk about this thing or start working on this thing. It's, ah, nah, let me just actually go eat some sugar, kind of numb myself to it or eat sugar and then hate myself afterwards and then kind of upper limit myself. If, if any anybody's ever read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, he talks a lot about upper limits, how you create all these problems in your life so as to upper limit yourself from actually working on the things that you care about, right? And so people do this with their food, their health, their diet all the time, unconsciously often, where they like, you know, I go and I have a cheat night, but or I binge on food or whatever. And then the next day, I hate myself. And now the entire next day is spent on like trying to make up for bad behavior or just judging myself and not working on the things that are actually going to move my life ahead, but instead dwelling on how I suck and how this thing keeps happening and how I, I'm hopeless, right? So, so let, let me pause you. Let me pause you. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come back to that stuff. Yeah, but just the, in terms of the business journey, I just want to stay yeah. on that for a second. So, what I heard was like you had this passion of like your mm-hmm. own health and fitness journey, and you're like, oh, okay, I want to convert that into helping others. So mm-hmm. you sort of started out one on one, and then you got the courage to go online and start building a brand and putting yourself out there and blogging. And then that led to like, oh, what's the next step? How can I grow this group coaching programs, online course? And then a ton of stuff happens trying to make that work. And now what I hear is like, it's not just about the food. It's like you've really gone to the core of what it is you Uh do. Uh, You're right on. Yeah. Cool. And then just briefly, a couple of other businesses thrown into the mix, right? Yeah. So... Why don't I do this? Why don't I give you a brief snapshot of what happened in 2018? Yeah, and I'll try. I'll just that. kind of like context. I'll just li- yeah. So I'll list <laughs> I'll list a few things that that started happening. My success with Evolution Eat and with people who I met through my entrepreneurial journey, particularly my best friend in the world, whose name is Daniel Di Piazza. I'll refer to him as Daniel, and I'm not referring to myself in the third person. I'm not that weird. I'm weird, but I'm not that weird. Uh, his name is also Daniel. He and I, he has been an online entrepreneur for like seven years now. He was somebody who I looked up to for a long time. And through the journey, we worked together on on a, on a business and, and through other projects. And, and through my success with Evolution Eats and my friendship with him, we created this incredible opportunity for ourselves in the beginning of 2018. We created a company called The Vanguard, which was a digital media company that partnered with LA Weekly. LA Weekly is the second biggest newspaper in Los Angeles. And without getting into the whole story of how that happened, we can talk about that after, that that became true at the beginning of 2018. So I was running two startups, Evolution Eats, which has been my baby, and The Vanguard at the same time. This was cool for a number of reasons, but it was also incredibly new because we had this institutional partner in LA Weekly, something I've never been accustomed to before, mm. uh, a board of directors and serious investment. We raised a, a real round of, of capital. And we were also trying to weave ourselves into the fabric of this existing company, LA Weekly. Really hard to do <laughs> when you've never, really hard to do for anybody. And we were never given, we never had the experience before. So within six months, I went from leading two part-time employees in Evolution Eats 
and a handful of service providers to nearly 50 employees, providers, partners, crew members. It was such a dramatic change that you just kind of like, yes, yourself into it and then deal with the consequences. And, and yet there's really nothing that can prepare you for that. So from two to 50 employees, providers, partners, crew members, uh, I was coaching, pitching and pursuing literally hundreds of clients and leads every week from throughout through both businesses with Evolution Eat, we had this group program. So we, now we had scores of people, many dozens of people coming into that. I still had a lot of one-on-one clients. And now we have to pitch all these clients for the business wing of the Vanguard. At that time, I also built out an entire six-month digital course for Evolution Eat, which is now the backbone of our company. And I'm very proud of myself for having done that. But to create 25 digital lessons and all of the content for that, film it, put it together during this time, ridiculous. You know, I, I was also at this time in my life enrolled in two high-end masterminds, traveling throughout the country twice per quarter to attend events. I was I graduated from a year-long intensive ICF accredited coaching program called Accomplishment Coaching, which is like the, in my opinion, the best coaching training program on the planet. Did that, was traveling down to San Diego once a month to do that. I did my first live talk in the Dominican Republic uh, during that time. I interviewed on a bunch of podcasts, like 25 podcasts. I marshaled a few joint venture launches with different <laughs> partners. I landed and lost my first million dollar client. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was also like sleeping four hours a night and totally sacrificing my health to run both of these ships. And I thought that this was brave and noble and necessary when in retrospect, it was just insane. There were moments where you know, I'm such an adrenaline junkie and I'm addicted to this feeling of success. I'm not even going to say success because I'm not going to even say that I've accomplished like success. Like some people might listen to this and be like, well, you haven't accomplished anything compared to me. It's not a, it's the feeling that I'm giving absolutely everything to, to my life and to these projects and to my work. And that feeling, that knowing that I am bleeding myself dry is feels good. It's just, it feels like mm-hmm. I had access. I have a superpower that most people dream of, like dream of having. Like most people can't even get themselves to do, you know, to start the business, let alone now here. I'm three years really into my entrepreneurial journey, four years. I'm marshalling two companies. I have access to LA media. I'm in LA media all of a sudden without like, with really no logical transition. Like there wasn't anything that I was doing beforehand that's like, oh, this is an obvious uh, jump, right? It, it, it was it was through our network and through boldness and courage that we pitched these guys and and were given the deal. You know, I, I'm happy to talk about how that whole thing came together, but that's a whole story. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll just keep, I'll just wrap it up. But like, I learned so much during this time that about myself and about my addiction to this feeling of success and. And and that's really the the gold of the journey because I, what I don't want right now is for people to listen to this and be like, this guy's just gloating about all the shit that he accomplished. The accomplishment was actually in me burning out as a result of all this and what I took from that whole experience. Yeah, and I totally wanted to get into that 
you know, there's a dark side, right? There's a there's an amazing side to discipline and working hard and throwing yourself. I mean, that's amazing. Like you said, most people envy your ability to do that. There's a dark side to it we'll come to. But I just want to touch on the, the kind of healthy part of that. Like what are some of the keys to being able just to work that hard? Yeah, work that hard. But, you know, like I guess it's it, there were projects that you loved, right? These were passion projects. It wasn't just working hard and something you didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've known you, when I first met you, and I'm not sure if it's still the same today, you were getting up at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. every day? Four, yeah, 4.45, yeah. 4.45, you live in Santa Monica, so you were going down to the beach, swimming at the beach, meditating on the beach, and your day was kind of like well on the way by 5. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's how that, I know you to be. That's still my anchor. Um, my morning routine is my anchor. It's what it's what keeps me connected to myself and um, and some higher some higher order of of experience. You know, call it God, call it the universe, call it whatever. There's nothing more heart opening to me than when I'm down at the beach. It's five in the morning. There's nobody else on the beach. It's it's still dark, so I'm meditating under the stars and the moon and. By the time I'm done meditating, the sun isn't up, but it lights. It's like it's getting clear that the sun is about to like make its journey up into the sky. And so light starts becoming visible. And um, at that point, I, I trudge into the cold water and I have this um, I have this I have this experience where you just you face your fear. Like there's nothing about that that's inviting. It sounds epic, right? When I explain it, it sounds really cool. But when you're there, you're like, oh my God, it's cold. Like my like like I'm shivering, like my nipples are hard. I'm I'm meditating, but half the time I'm I'm running through my brain like escape routes. I'm like, I don't really have to do it today. You know, it's good enough that I got here. Even still, like three years into having this habit. I'm still not where I want to be, which is like totally in command. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that ever really happens, but you just get used to to being with the fear and being with the discomfort. And so mm-hmm. I start that that sort of morning routine, and this is going to sound funny, enables me or enabled me to take on all of that work in 2018. It's prepared me to be the sort of person to get after it, you know, and to say yes and to say I can do this and I'm going to live into this thing as uncomfortable as it feels. I have no, you know, and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be the sort of person who follows through with his commitments and who follows through with the challenge. And you learn something every time that you run into that water and you feel the cold and you break through the discomfort of it all. And you come out breathing heavy and feeling wide open. You learn something every single time you really do. And I knew before signing up to the whole experience of the Vanguard and what that would entail, that I was going to learn something. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that I was going to learn something and that I would be better off for it. Mm. And the lesson that I learned, though, wasn't what I, I wasn't what I expected. But to complete your your question, you know, my morning routine is sacrosanct. My health, you know, my my diet has been pristine for for ten years now. Again, it allows you access to yourself that that's just pure you know you like you, you like pure energy but i'm thinking like you, you're getting up at 4 30 like i'm thinking ah oh. oh, man like i gotta give up on a social life i'd have to be in bed by like 8 30 i would miss out on so much i love the evening like there'll be so much cost like what makes you able to do that because you, you said to me you had to give up a lot of social stuff you had to give up you know yeah a lot of friendships went by the wayside you know, so 
Yeah. What, are they, what was the, the driver? What's the, uh, what's the driver? Just needing it, like needing to, needing to create, man, needing to create, you know, like having that time for myself. The point of the morning routine isn't, isn't even to go down to the beach to start the day doing this epic shit. It's to have time after that experience for myself is to be primed to then go home, run home to my living room and have two hours of free time, my deep work time to, you know, to work on a project, to work on writing, to work on whatever it is that's important to me, undistracted before I actually tune in to, to the workday, before I actually turn my phones on and start interfacing with my clients, start interfacing with my team, you know, going to the offices when I was doing that last year with the Vanguard. It's to have that time, you know, my biggest fear in life and something that, that just crushes me even like all the time is you're not going to reach your full potential, you know, like, like the fear is that you'll never reach your full potential. So it's like, I got to fucking create the time to get all the things that I want to get accomplished. And, mm. you know, and the relationships, yeah, I sacrifice a lot. And I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying that this is noble. I'm not saying that this is like, how one should live his life or her life, but that's, that's the driver. And that's what, that's what gets me going. Mm. So the burnout, like I have a saying that the body always wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually. Absolutely. And so it's hilarious to me, somebody who has this health coaching company who lives his life according to, you know, mastery of self and peak performance and elevating the significance of health, especially with his food, his diet, meditation, all these things. It's hilarious that I was so willing to to sacrifice my sleep at the same time as if that weren't a contributor to overall health, right? So mm -hmm. it's like that same drive that has me getting up and going to the beach. The dark side is that I will do that despite staying up until midnight or 1am on a, when I'm running two businesses because I don't know how to run two businesses and not stay up that late. You know what I mean? Mm. And yet mm. I do have the discipline to then still wake up the next morning because that's what I fucking do. You know? So the dark side is that I can push a tremendous amount of energy I can give, but I don't allow myself to receive the impact of that Herculean effort, like literally in how I wouldn't be able to, I, I don't allow myself to receive the impact of, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And figuratively in that, you know, like I hate feeling any sense of lull. Like I can't even, I can't enjoy my successes or accomplishments or even just like like the feeling of pride lasts for about 30 seconds and then it's like, okay, but I got to keep moving or else I don't know who I am, yeah. you know? And, and, and that's some shit that I'm working on with my coach for sure. So it's like, I didn't allow myself to receive the impact of this is unsustainable and this is dangerous to be sleeping that little for that long. And it's also like sapping you of joy. The experience of building a whole new company in a vertical that I had no prior experience with new partners who expected a shit ton of us uh, with the pressure of investment capital, with having to also conform with a prior existing brand <laughs> and doing this while also building and scaling Evolution Eat for the first time <laughs> mm. was like, it, it was 
it was impossible, right? Mm -hmm. Unsustainable is a synonym for impossible. <laughs> so uh, it's like, yeah, I'm doing it, and it, but it's unsustainable, but I'll figure it out. It's like, no, no, no. What I'm doing is impossible, and I'm pushing myself until I break. And what ended up happening was two things. We as a company weren't working. We didn't merge with the LA Weekly people. I can't and won't get into all of the specifics or all the details. It's not really important. It was just clear that it wasn't the right time to do this project for a lot of reasons. And despite our best efforts, everybody in the project failed and everybody failed and nobody failed. It wasn't allowed to, to give itself a chance. And so we ended up selling our shares back to our partners. And after I gave it back, I literally collapsed. Like my body was just waiting for something to give. And so once, mm -hmm. once we gave, I just broke <laughs> in a really bizarre way. I mean, I never experienced burnout before. Not like that. I thought I had in high school because this cycle has unsurprisingly repeated itself before. It repeated itself in high school during my junior year when you're taking the SATs and, and trying to get into all these colleges. And I went to a really hard high school that I was traveling to the city an hour and a half every day in New York and happened again in college my senior year. Uh, and it happened again here. So this has happened multiple times in my, in my, in my past. And, um, I was just, I was just incapable for weeks sleeping, you know, 12, 14 hours a night, couldn't get up during the day, depressed, embarrassed, ashamed. Still yeah. running the other business. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still trying to run evolution eight, but like also then fucking hating that. And sorry for cursing for anybody who has a problem with cursing. My long Island comes out of me. Um, but just like, like, like resenting it, like resenting that I had to do anything, you know? I know that I'm in a bad spot when I start resenting all the things and all the people in my life that becomes, so it's like, that's a real sign that that stuff's not, not okay over here. I, I push everybody away and I push them away and I make them wrong and I make mm -hmm. the thing wrong that we're even talking about. So it's like, everything's wrong and you're wrong and leave me alone. And, um, that's a reflection of your inner state. Yeah. Yeah. I was really embarrassed. It was really embarrassed. And you know, like, I'm so intimate with my clients, my one-on-one -on -one clients. Shit, I'm so intimate with anybody. And it's like, I made a big deal of, of building this thing and being involved with, with the venture. And then to, to just like, like, oh yeah, side note, we gave that, you know, we sold it back and it's not happening anymore. It's like, that was just, it, it, yeah, it just felt, it felt incredibly embarrassing. But that was like a second the order. was that I'm a loser, that I'm a failure, that I'm not going to be the big success that we all think I am. You know, I look the part, I'm, I talk the part, but I'm not actually the part. Um, is, yeah. is there a part of you in that? Like I, I often think like as I build my own business, it's like, well, one day I'll have 37 businesses, you know, and I'll be the head of this massive empire. And like, you know, I'm struggling on the first one. <laughs> yeah. Know, so like, did you feel like, oh, I got to two and that was my limit. Now I'm back to one. I'm projecting uh, my own shit on that. But. Yeah, what's that? I'm projecting my own shit. Like, oh, yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. You know, there were so many takeaways from that experience that 
um, that only now, you know, however many months later, we sold our shares back at the end of June, July, beginning of July. Uh, I was incapable for all of July. By August, I started becoming a person again, sort of. There's a stepwise progression here. The major takeaway, and this is this is this is responding to what I was just talking about, feeling like you know I looked the part, but I'm not the part. The major takeaway was, you don't need anyone else to validate you or to give you permission. You don't need some outside structure, some external thing that you can point to to say, "Hey, look, I'm fucking successful. I'm worth it. Now I'm a winner." Right? Deep down, part of me decided to say yes to the Vanguard because despite the fact like it's like working with my best friend, new experience, super cool, going to learn a lot, like all that is valid, but a part of me, the deeper the the wounded part of me wanted it because it would give me something to showcase like a trophy of look I'm awesome and I am you know I am that thing that I've always known that I am but it's like this thing that I can point to it's not something that I'm it's not from me it's something outside of me that I can point to as a way to validate and you hadn't had that before I had not to not at that scale, not at the scale right. that we we were talking about. I mean, we were talking about a lot, like this is going to be the new big cultural hub of Los Angeles. And then from there, nationwide, that was the goal. This is going to be a whole new media platform, a new way of blending traditional media and social media with like real journalism and social influencers with like the Netflix model of creating documentaries and, and miniseries with real news, with scripted with unscripted like we were going to do a whole new thing with the clout of an LA weekly you can bring in a lot of bigger institutional partners as well like all of a sudden all these doors open up it's incredible how my email address like got me into all these places i went to all these shows all these events like you know it's LA media so yeah so it's this thing that i could feel good about myself because of what it gave me or gave me access to because it that would make me the star Right now, was I'm a the star. line blurred? Like you know, it was the line blurred about actually what you wanted, and yes, that right. Yeah, well, because I didn't grow up saying I want to be the head of a multimedia <laughs> company, and I and that's not to say that I don't want to be that, but I'm not going to pretend that that wasn't what was so attractive about it. Is like, oh, mm-hmm. that this will help me be on a path to celebrity or to notoriety in some way. That was definitely a part of it. So, so the takeaway was like motherfucker you do not need anything else to give you that like you are the vanguard you are the star and you needed this to happen in order to learn that for the rest of your life you have to generate from yourself the thing that you want to showcase in the world like there's no way that i could have known that uh, unless i had gone to that deep side of the pool and realize like, shit, I can't swim here because it's not even a pool that I want to be swimming in. You see? So like part of me wasn't even attached to the project. If I really, if I really get honest with myself, because it wasn't mine and it wasn't, it wasn't an expression of who I really wanted to be in the world. And it was something that I could bank on, but that I didn't totally relate to. And so the takeaway is you're the star, you're the vanguard, get after with passion and vigor and urgency, get after the things that you care about and that like, and, and lead from 
total authenticity. That was it. You're the star. The other thing that it taught me was what it really means to be a CEO. And, and this is the big one because up until that point and throughout the Vanguard, I was, my relationship to being an entrepreneur was just my relationship to being a hustler, somebody who does everything and all of it and really has no idea how to actually leverage, how to leverage, period. So I couldn't possibly, I couldn't run a company where there's like 50 employees because I didn't even know how to, I didn't know how to do anything outside of me doing it. Does that make mm. sense? Sure. So the mindset shift now is so dramatic as I'm building my new Evolution Eat team and we have this, our mission is so much bigger than it's ever been before. We, we've, we've changed the way that our programs are running. My relationship to work is, oh, we need that thing to happen. I'm going to need somebody to take that on. Like either we're going to have to hire somebody or somebody on the team is going to take that. Who's going to take that? And then how are we going to build a process around that? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing, I've already done my work here. Like mm -hmm. I've created this thing. I've birthed it into the world. I raised some angel investment for, for Evolution Eat. Like, and I will be the one who can speak about it and go out into the wider world talking about it. But I'm not going to be the one coaching everybody. I'm not going to be the one who's posting on social media. And, you know, I'm not, I'll film the stuff. I'll, I will represent it proudly, but I can't be the one who's taking everything on. And that sort of shift of we need team system and processes, processes around absolutely everything. Again, I wouldn't have, I'm sure I would have learned over time, but I wouldn't have learned so, um, what's the word, so powerfully, <laughs> unless I had gone through like how not to do that and like what the mm. consequences of that are. So, and do you still want to be the CEO? Like I, this is interesting to hear your perspective on this, that as an entrepreneur and uh, let's just say as a founder, mm -hmm. the natural uh, evolution feels just to go on to be the CEO, but it's not necessarily the best role of the founder. Is great, that, yeah. Do you see yourself moving out of the CEO role and into another role? Or is that where you're finding yourself most effective? Oof, that's a great question. Um, you know, my, brother just did it. my brother just in his business, he's just hired a general manager that now manages the business and he's kind of off to the side, still setting the vision, motivating people, talking to customers. Yeah. That's where he finds he's more effective. I don't believe that my I'm most effective as a CEO, at least not who I am today at 31 years old. I believe that my greatest gift is to give energy to my people, to my team. I'm more of an artist. So when you get me talking about something, I'm going to enroll you into my vision of the world through the way that I talk about it, my expression. You get me going and, and, I can, and, I, and I'll, I'll wrap you in and I can give energy that way. That's really like what my gift is. And that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, I've called myself a coach for a long time, but I'm not really a coach. I'm more like an energized and I'm incredibly reliable. I'm consistent as fuck. I will be there all the time and I will give you energy and I will also just hold you there. But I'm not really coaching in the same way that my coach coaches the hell out of me, like takes me through journeys of like, oh my God, I into my heart. I'm not that person and I'm clear on that and I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I'm more like the energizer bunny. And, uh, I think as a it, my relationship to the company and to the team is probably the same. I'm not the best systems guy. I'm not the best. I'm a little too, and I'm, I'm you know this is what I'm working on myself. I'm still too 
inconsistent with the higher order vision, right? I still want to bring myself down to the lower grade. Let's just work on like these little tasks and let me take, let me put out this fire and let me put out that fire. So that's something that I'm working on. But no, I don't think ultimately my highest, uh, my highest contribution to the company is as CEO. It's, it's more as like its greatest champion out in, in the world. And also like my, the artistic side of me gets really bored when I'm only ever doing one thing. So, you know, it's like no surprise that I'm also, I'm using my mornings now to write fiction. I've always wanted to write. Uh, I've always wanted to, to be a novelist. I wrote a novel for my senior thesis at, at Georgetown in college. And um, that's been a, a dream of mine forever. And I had the realization after the Vanguard, again, another learning lesson after the Vanguard of like, I have created a company that funds my life, funds my lifestyle, and it can also fund my passion and my art. <laughs> like, like if you had told me that two years ago, I would have thought that was crazy. If you had told me that five or 10 years ago, I would have thought that was impossible. I have a company that can fund my art <laughs> and my, like, my career as, a, as, a, as an author. Sounds impossible. But it's real. And so I was like, mm. why don't I start living that life? That's, that, that can be my reality. And um, like that gives me so much joy. That fills me with so much. And, um, and so I see myself as founding and starting a lot of projects and companies and being that kind of person. And what I hope is that my, my experiences can help me build those projects and companies quickly and with teams. <laughs> um, so as to get them running without me being at the core of it, right? That, that's mm -hmm. how I see this going in the future. And um, as opposed to me being the, the CEO of Evolution Eats, like for years and years and years to Career come, and, yeah. or, and, or, I, I, and, and I, don't, I don't see myself necessarily being the, the captain of like 37 ships either or having started that many projects, but... Um, you know, one, the one thing that I've learned, I don't want, I never, I don't want to project anything because the one thing that I've learned from this whole process is just how unpredictable some of this is. You know, two years ago when we first had our podcast, I couldn't have, it wasn't even a twinkle in my eye that any of this could occur that mm -hmm. happened after that. And so, you know, we'll see where we are in two years from now. But the one thing that I am bringing into my life and this is this is the lesson that I hearkened on before is is intentionality. Like I am the vanguard, I am the star, and I get to I can only generate things from a place of of true love and um, as a representation of, of of who I am. So bringing intentionality I mean, they, into what's that? The huge lessons. I mean, they sound like almost trivial. And like, of course, you need people to leverage. Of course, you need to do it. You love. You know. Of course, you should. You know, do things that bring you joy and follow your art yeah. but like everything in life and this has been my experience over and over again like I have to learn the hard way I know right and this is that's such a that's so hard for me do you have to learn the hard way because as a coach right like actually we're, we're here to or at least I'll speak for myself I don't want my clients to have to learn the hard way you know part of our work is so that they don't have to learn the hard way you know like do you yeah, have maybe. to learn the hard way it's something that I wrestle with all the time but it's like I don't truly – if someone gave me the answer, I might get it. But it's not going to be a felt experience until I've got the answer myself. Right. I agree. I agree, right? And so I guess the way to circumvent all of that if, – If you want to. If you want to 
is to take the le- you're going to you're going to here's the, so, so here's the truth no matter what you're going to run into a lot of really hard experiences no matter <laughs> what but what i think you can take from other people is the message that you must only you must go after the things that only you care about when you take when you come from that place then learning the hard way becomes necessary for the path versus like it's a shame if you learn the hard way of doing something that you knew all along you didn't want to do and you're like yeah but i had to learn the hard way it's like actually you don't have to learn that the hard way i think that if you take it as a truth that at the end of the day the only things that will ever matter to you in life are the things that you fully stand behind that are yours that come from you then all the hardships are worth it because they're they're earned and they're yours and you need them right they're mm-hmm. they're they're the mistakes that you have to make in order to improve upon and strengthen in order to get to the next stage in order to learn something for it but it's the regrettable things that that take you farther away from your path that i think you can learn not to do that right like you can learn to you can learn to trust your heart even yeah you can learn to trust your heart so i think that's the lesson that as a coach and as an you know and as a teacher as an educator we can share with our people so that they don't have to learn that hard lesson of like doing things that they don't really care about so that years and years later they can look back and say yeah i wish i didn't do that you know yeah, make the mistakes for the pat for the thing that you really care about you know yeah, that exactly. that's the thing yeah i agree with that and i also see you know when i a lot of lessons i know intellectually i've learned and even just the stuff you're sharing now i'm learning and i'm hearing it and then how it presents to me is as i come up to a challenge i go oh fuck this is the challenge that daniel went through and right. now i know how to apply it to this challenge like i feel yeah. like i have maybe it won't allow me to avoid it but when i come up to it I have, you know, a few people that have gone before me that I can call on. That's how it's worked for me in the past so far. I I need a reference point. I need my own personal reference point to bring that knowledge to. I, yeah, I completely understand. I completely understand. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that question that had me thinking. I I think that's the answer. Um, That's all one, one can ever do is to help somebody just follow their true and their true selves. And when you come from that place, everything is worth it. Is the, as the real story. Everything is worth it when you're following. It's so cheesy, but when you're following your heart, you know, when you're doing things that only you love and only you care about. Here's another tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you said like one of your biggest fears is not achieving your potential, and it's something you would have heard. I hear it all the time when I'm talking to my clients or people that I'm, you know, will say, "Hey, I, I really just can't go another day. I know I've got all this potential inside of me, and I know I'm not using it." Mm. But it can also be used like it's ambiguous, right? You know, your potential is this ambiguous thing, much like finding your purpose. You know, there's kind of these throwaway ambiguous things. There's some truth in them, but they're kind of hard to define. So Mm -hmm. how will you know when you've reached your potential? Or is that a fool's Mm. goal? Is that a fool? Yeah. Um, You know, I don't, I don't, so... If you ask the question, is there more? The answer is yes. You know, like the, there's always more. So I don't think, I don't, th- I think it's a, it's a fantasy to say I've reached my full potential, but there are things that I'm not giving my full effort that I deeply care about that I know that I'm not even giving myself the chance. So for example, mm. expressing myself in through art. 
I've always been an artist, but I've mostly been a repressed artist. That is a story that I am no longer willing to accept. And it's funny that like I've allowed. So the first part of my 20s, I was so lost. I, every choice I was making in life was bad, unhealthy, <laughs> like from a damaged and lost place. Um, then I fell into entrepreneurship and found meaning and purpose and pride in myself for the first time since I was like a precocious teenager. <laughs> and it's funny how this great life that I created for myself, like an amazing life, I, you know, something I can never predicted. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was until I was like 24, 25, which sounds ridiculous, mm. but it's true. It's still not the thing that I care about the most. <laughs> like the artist in me is screaming to come out. And so for me, I can only speak for me, but for me, like my full potential means giving everything that I have to that path, which I, I'm still not doing, but I'm making steps in that direction now, right? Like I've actually created part of my day to support that. And I'm working with a few other people to help me edit this this collection of short stories that I'm writing. My goal, I'm very clear on what my goal is. So my goal is to build wealth through these ventures to create my own production company so that I can create my own multimedia company, right? Like the one that I produce, where we produce work that I generated, right? And then create films and projects around that, right? Like I'm actually clear that that's where I want to be going. So how can I bring all this stuff together now? My experience through business and entrepreneurship my passion, my art, and how can and leveraging all of that to bring myself forward and to be the face of that. That's something that I can fully get behind. And mm. it's terrifying, right? It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. And uh, well, for, not for everybody, though. It's terrifying for me. Why? Well, we could deconstruct my past and like the way that I was taught to be successful and like what is and isn't appropriate and how your creativity is something that you do on the side or for yourself, but not the thing Not it can never be the thing. Like these are all things that I was taught as a very young age. And so I was always taught to stifle that artist down or to think mm -hmm. of the artist as not serious, you know, you're brilliant, but, but it's not serious. And, and so don't treat it seriously, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, that's what my full potential means. So for anybody, it's like, what are you not being with? Like, right, right. What do you, what, what do you wake up with every day that you're not looking at? It could be a business. It could be anything. It could be a relationship. It could be, it could be any of the major things. For me, I'm utterly clear and I have been forever. You want to be this generation's most celebrated author. We don't have any authors who are celebrities anymore. Not of our generation. There's JK Rowling. There's, you know, there, there, there's a few big names, but they're not, they're not millennials, you know? Can you name one millennial author? Oh, the tough. answer is no. Once upon a time, all of our celebrities were authors, or the majority of them. Now, none. That's fucked up. And it's also representative of the sort of, like, our addiction to this short-form, stupid crap that is filling social media that you know, there's good that can come of it. I'm not going to say that there aren't creators out there who are creating really cool stuff, but a lot of it's trash. A lot of it's trash. A lot of it's crap. A lot of it's real crap. 
people are writing more than ever, but there's no um, there's no emphasis placed on uh, writing well <laughs> or or expressing yourself with deep thought. It's just it's all surface level, quick, 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 quick. And I think that that's um, I think that that's a real shame. Personally, maybe nobody else in the world cares about this, but I really care about that. You know, the part that you're touching on that I like and I talk about it a lot is uh, for me. I consider like being gay unlucky because I knew what closet I had to come out of. <laughs> mm. But, and so I knew like in order to live an authentic life, I had to come out, be gay, live that life. So I think there's a lot of people that have closets they got to come out of. And for you, it's the artist one. And you're in the process of coming out now. Yeah. Fears- this moment. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I actually just had that. So it's the perfect, it's the perfect analogy. It's coming out. It's just coming out and facing your true self. You know, facing the thing that's actually important to myself. I tell myself every day, like, I've been asking myself, how much longer are you going to live without really living? You know, and it's it's like it's it's so easy to get trapped in this good stuff. Like I don't want to come off as for any second that I don't love the work that I'm doing. I'm not, I'm so lucky. Like I'm, you know, we're the 1% of the world. Like, like this isn't a conversation about a good life or a great life. I have a great life. It's impossibly great. It's not, but that's not the conversation we're having though. So it's not like, it's not scales of better than, or am I grateful or whatever? It's just how long, like, I'm not fully living and only I could know what that means, right? For myself. And so it's like, how long are you going to live without really living? Mm. And um, it's coming out and facing that. And uh, and the, the older I get, not that I'm so old, but the older that I get, the more experiences that I've had in all this is again, it's just, it's it's the takeaway from the Vanguard. It's like, honestly, at the end of the day, nothing matters unless it really matters. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it, nothing matters unless it, unless it really matters. So get after that, get after that, get after that. I'm, I'm building a business that I really care about. And I coach incredible entrepreneurs, high performers to be peak performers um, in order to like expose myself to what business and industry is and what, what coming from the place of leadership is and, 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 and having a team and, and immersing myself in a network of um, unbelievable humans. But really, for me, and this is like the for me part, it's so that I can fund my life as an artist. <laughs> and like, shit, okay, I'm actually clear on that now. And then there's a way where I can tie that all together, right? It starts with yeah. me writing stories in the morning. It ends with me building my own multimedia production company, you know? And I, that's, my, that's what I want for myself in this life. Or at least Beautiful. in this realm of my life. So there's your website, DanielThomasHine.com. That Where is else can people the website. Find you? Uh, is there anything that you'd love to talk about that you want people to check out? Um, man, I mean, we we covered it all. If 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 anybody ever needs any help with their health or their wellness, I can definitely help you there through uh, Evolution Eats. I work with, like I said, entrepreneurs and coaches to just be the heroes that you are, you know, like we already, I work with people who are already well accomplished and on their path, but 
for all of us, no matter how successful we are, there's, as I've been talking about this whole time, there's something that we're not being with, we're not looking at, that we're fearful of. We're often, uh, I'm, I'll speak for myself, I'm operating at like 20% of my full potential. And through my work, my one-on-one work, I help people like that look at themselves and start making choices from that place of authenticity and getting after the thing that they really care about. That to me is heroic. In this world of infinite choices and everything on demand all the time, and I think it's heroic to go after the thing that you that you want the most because it's so easy not to. It's 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 mm. there's infinite, you know. There's just it's infinite what you can do, and it's so easy to not to not get the thing that you really want and to convince yourself that it's not important, but it is. And so I help people do that as I'm on my own journey to doing the very same thing. Daniel, thank you. Yeah activated me like i love the energy that you bring you get me excited and like i want to talk to you for another hour um mm. last question what's your dark side how do you embrace it man i think we covered that my dark side is uh it's that killer it's that killer instinct that has me often killing myself it's the killer instinct that it's it's the it's the it's the yeah it's the kill at all costs the win at all costs um and that has me killing myself to get there. And, you know, obviously you're not going to get there if you're killing yourself. So, and how, what was the second half of the question? How do you embrace that dark side? Mm. Yeah, how do I break? Well, you ignore I, it I, it I use it, I, I use it to my advantage and I'm working on it with my coach. You know, uh, one thing I haven't been with, I, I, I've resisted a, a real relationship for a long time because I think, um, I think I'm so in touch with that, like the power of that, that I'm scared of what, like, what the impact of that could be on somebody else. When mm. I'm so committed to my my stuff, that, um, yeah. So I mean, I'm now I'm just getting into a world of excuses. So the, yeah, <laughs> I'm opening up to the potential of relationship, uh, which I really do do desire. Uh, but there's a lot of fear in that for for the impact that that might have on somebody. So the podcast episode we're going to do in two years from now is going to be about your relationship, your experience, and how you got into it. My relationship, and uh, yeah, my 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 first published book. Yeah, perfect. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I love you to pieces. So good to spend time with you, and yeah, thanks for being my first repeat customer. Oh man, that makes me, I'm honored. That is the yeah. greatest honor, man. It's so you know. Let me just say. Cause you need some love and too over there. And I just want to love all over Thanks, you. You're um, I'm so, I'm so proud of you for, for making this show so great. I mean, you've had so many incredible guests on so many authors who books I've read them like have looked up to for, for years. And I'm like, Holy shit, Nathan's interviewing these people. Now this is your, this is your crowd. These are your people. It's um, it's, it's just been awesome to watch the pilot who was scared to leave his career and become the, world traveling coach entrepreneur content creator networking community building mother fucking powerhouse nathan um who's always somewhere new in the world as well i can't keep track of where you are yeah you're you're you are i hope that you allow yourself to look at how far you've come in the short time since our first interview because you're literally from my outside perspective, living the thing that you declared you wanted for yourself, like in full. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just want to acknowledge you for, for your journey as well. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I feel that. That's a cool way to look at it too. Think about where I was when we were talking. Thanks, man. 
Love you. I hope to see you soon. Love you too, man. Cheers, brother. And thank, thank you guys. Thanks for watching and we'll see you uh, next week with episode number 75. That was The Nathan Seward Show, inspiring you to live an extraordinary life.